you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network and streaming on demand on iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments and we might use your call on the broadcast. You know, one of the most controversial things this president said during the 2016 campaign was that the news media had become the enemy of the American people and the establishment media in Washington and New York City just absolutely melted down over that, said it was un-American and uh, that it was uh, an attack on the free press. But with each passing day of this president's administration, it's become clearer and clearer that the establishment media, and by that I mean most specifically the New York Times and the Washington Post, New York Times' uh, major, uh, largest owner is uh, Carlos Slim of Mexico, and the Washington Post is run by um, uh, Jeff Bezos. They are there for one reason and one reason only, and that is to protect the establishment interest. And when I say that, I'm talking about the globalists' interest. And they're, uh, they are diametrically opposed, their interests are, to Main Street USA. And th- they don't mind at all sacrificing the well-being of the American people to protect their own economic interests and their cultural Marxist uh, social views and it was it's been about two weeks now that this uh media both the new york times washington post the network news shows and msnbc and cnn have been uh trying to do a rain dance to gin up a recession and they're doing that it's pretty obvious you know they they run one story after another with talk of recession they drop the word at every opportunity you know, if you look over at CNN and MSNBC, it's it's more than clear. But it, it doesn't take much to realize that that's what they're doing over, over at uh, the network television stations as well. If you talk down an economy enough, you can cause a recession. The United States economy is, by all measures, doing well. Consumer confidence is high. People are spending. People are getting wages at long last after 30 years of stagnant wages. People are finally getting pay raises. The uh, deregulation and tax cuts that this administration put into place have revved the economy to the point where we've got the lowest unemployment maybe in history. And yet, all the uh, New York Times and the Washington Post can do is talk about the negatives, and they, they're trying to put this uh, inverted yield curve 
at the forefront of all the economic news as if that is some sort of uh, uh, certain determiner of a looming recession. It is not. The yield curve sometimes is inverted in in front of uh, recessions, and sometimes it's not. People don't know when a recession is coming. If they did, you could make a, a fortune on Wall Street. But this media is absolutely determined to highlight the negative, hoping to drive down this president's approval numbers uh, going into the election season. And, <laughs> and they've really got a, a problem. They, they believe that a recession would hurt this president. I'm not convinced of that at all. I think, if anything, it may actually help the president. If you've got the, the choice between a, a, a businessman who had three years of good economic success or one of the cultural Marxists over there in the Democrat Party, I, I don't think you say, well, I'm going to turn it over to Elizabeth Warren. She knows all about running an economy. She's been a professor for her whole career. Or I'm going to turn it over to Bernie Sanders. He didn't have his first paying job till he was 40 years old. And he is a, an avowed Marxist. He even admits that he's a socialist. He's more than a socialist. He's a communist. He won't cop to that, but it's the fact. He honeymooned in the Soviet Union. He's uh, sang the praises of the Soviet Union. He was all in on uh, Daniel Ortega's uh, communist regime down there in Nicaragua. And old Joe Biden, you know, the, they they keep trying to make us believe that Joe Biden is uh, is a serious alternative to President Trump. Joe Biden is not going to be there by the end of this campaign, I don't believe. He doesn't have the stamina. He His, his gaffes are stacking up one after another to the point it's almost getting where you feel sorry for the guy. We're going to go through uh, and, and chronicle his, his latest gaffes, and they're coming hot and heavy later on in the show. But I want to start uh, by talking about the latest development in this trade wars. Listen, if I had my way, we would, uh, the president would make an announcement that uh, by a date certain, I'd I'd give it six months, we are going to uh, raise tariffs incrementally until China becomes uncompetitive in our market. That would give American manufacturers uh, time to relocate their production that they have uh, foolishly moved into a communist country, and it would give uh, American um, retailers an opportunity to source their goods from different uh, different manufacturers, different countries. If they if they don't want to use domestic products, there are plenty of um, foreign producers that you can replace China with. But uh, this all started last week, this trade war with China, um, trying to get in on the act of, uh, you know, hopefully driving down the president's approval numbers so that they can, um, they can, you know, deal with a new president in 2020. They announced that they were going to raise uh, tariffs on Seventy-five billion dollars worth of U.S. goods, raise them up to twenty-five percent. Now, 
the tariffs going into China for American products are already pretty high. Even if the president had raised uh, American tariffs 25% on all of uh, Chinese imports into the United States, they would still be uh, taxing our imports into China higher than we tax theirs into the United States. But because uh, we've, we've become so defend- dependent on Chinese products, American retailers uh, have determined that, you know, we just cannot get by without this globalist regime. So in response to these uh, recent tariff increases by China, the president announced that starting October 1st, he is going to dial up the pressure on them. And uh, $250 billion of goods that are currently being taxed at 25%, he's going to ratchet that up to 30%. He's doing this incrementally. Then he said, additionally, the remaining $300 billion worth of goods and products from China that were being uh, taxed at uh, beginning on on September 1st at 10%, he's going to raise that up to 15%. So this uh, is sort of an illustration that uh, in this, this trade war, um, the United States has a lot more damage that we can do to the Chinese economy than they have that they can that they could do to the American economy. I think we import um, five hundred and seventy-five billion dollars worth of uh, Chinese goods each and every year, and they import about one hundred and twenty-five billion dollars worth of U.S. goods. Trump went on to say, for many years, China and many other countries have been taking advantage of the United States on trade, intellectual property theft, and much more. Our country has been losing hundreds of billions of dollars to China with no end in sight. And then he went and and, uh, tweeted something that I thought was ill-advised. He said, my only question is, who is our biggest enemy, Jay Powell or Chairman Z?" Jay Powell, of course, is the chair of the Federal Reserve, and uh, the president has been very unhappy with him uh, not easing interest rates in order to support his efforts uh, to bring China's trade relationship with the U.S. in line. Responding to that, the president said on Friday, uh, we have a very strong dollar and a very weak Fed. I will work brilliantly with both, and the U.S. will uh, do great, he said. That caused the stock market on Friday to close uh, down 623 points and and gave the talking heads on the Sunday news shows plenty of ammunition to throw at Trump. Completely forgetting that just last week the the Dow drops 800 points and then a couple of days later gained almost all of it back. When you've got a a stock market that's up over uh, 25,000 points, these fluctuations are, are of one or one and a half percent just aren't that great any longer. So this uh, this led all of the Sunday news shows, and uh, um, I I got to tell you uh, that uh, Emily Campagno she's uh, she's been a sort of a regular guest on the five at, on Fox News. 
She appeared on uh, on uh, Fox News Sunday Roundtable with Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, of course, was doing his best interpretation of uh, Chuck Todd or George Stephanopoulos. I think they all have a conference call before they uh, do their Sunday news broadcasts and get all their talking points straight. But Emily Campagna was on there, and she had uh, more sense, uh, made more sense than anybody else on the panel. And uh, what she was doing is explaining the reasoning behind Trump's actions on trade. And I want to point out that just after the conference, when Chair Powell came out and said, essentially, look, market policy, we are not going to establish market policy to affect a recession or predict it, but we will use it for trade policy developments. And not an hour later is when the president tweeted that out, essentially escalating the trade war and potentially spurring the drop in interest rates. I want to point out that, you know, the market responds to stability and to certainty and that interest rates are not the only predictor of a recession, nor is it the only tool to stave it off. And I think what would be more important and what perhaps the, the president understands is that the achievement of a substantive trade deal with China, with the two most primary components being them buying more product from us and us enlarging our market share over there, including IP, that is the largest indicator and that would be the largest staving off for a recession. And especially with the European and Asian markets right now, you know, we are not an island. We are not isolated. So yes, our economy is robust, but there are others that are on recession in recessions or on the brink of recession. Sessions, Germany included, with negative interest rates. And going back to the larger picture, the most important thing is the messaging with our trade deal. One of us cannot win. We need to save face, us and China, for there to be a global positive response. Yeah. Beautiful and brilliant. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I, I disagree with her. I And I disagree with the, the, very, the very premise of this trade war. I do not believe that we ought to be trading with communist China. We have created an economic and military superpower out of a communist dictatorship. We would have never taken these these kinds of actions with the Soviet Union during the Cold War, and we shouldn't be doing it with China today. We need to uh, decouple our economy from communist China. They are a repressive regime who mean us ill will, and as a, an example of that, just this last week, uh, a shipment of fentanyl, which is a, uh, a synthetic opium produced in China, was seized at a port in Mexico bound for the United States. 51,000 pounds of powdered fentanyl. According to government authorities, investigators found the cargo inside a container of a Danish flagged vessel with a cargo manifest indicating that the uh, contents consisted of calcium chloride. According to Texas law enforcement sources, um, this, uh, this fentanyl originated in China. That amount of fentanyl is enough to kill millions of people. And this is, uh, this is a form of warfare that's being waged by the Chinese government against the United States. While they're, while they're robbing us blind on these stupid globalist trade deals, stealing our intellectual property, they're also flooding this country with fentanyl. 
and the New York Times and the Washington Post just can't hardly bring themselves to condemn it. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to update you on the latest developments at the G7 and take a look at what went on on some of the other Sunday shows right after these messages. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan and for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees billed annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plan, and zip code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. No, I don't think we ought to be trading with China. I think we ought to uh, disentangle ourselves from uh, their economy. They ought not to be selling and uh, making profits off American consumers. And we ought not to be setting up uh, our manufacturing over there. It's a lose-lose for the United States. And uh, there's an uh, uh, economics professor named Pete Morrissey. He appeared on one of the, the Sunday morning shows, uh, not the three big news shows, but uh, the Fox uh, Sunday morning show. And I think he called it uh, as about, about as well as any of the talking heads did. Are people right, those who are nervous about this right now, this this potentially escalating trade war, are they right to be nervous? Well, they're right to be nervous in the sense that it's going to take some effort to unwind our relationship with China. But unfortunately, Presidents Bush, Clinton, Obama all enabled China by being lenient with them, overlooking uh, their violation of WTO rules, letting them steal American technology and so forth. And what have they done with all the money they've earned or, or stolen? Basically, they built a blue water. Navy that intimidates its navies, neighbors. It's just a travesty. Uh, we shouldn't be building up China. We should disengage. There's plenty of other places to get cheap labor and to trade and so forth in Asia. Uh, but it's going to take time to unwind these things. And, and um, I wouldn't say that just simply ordering companies to do it isn't going to work. But rather, these tariffs make sense. You know, you want to see democratic hypocrisy. You were talking about the borders. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton ran on a 25% tariff. Barack Obama promised to do something about it. And Paul Krugman in his column recommended that President Obama impose a 25% tariff. Here's the difference. Hillary Clinton would have never actually gone through with a 25% tariff. She was just willing to do whatever it took to get elected. And the same could be said of Barack Obama. And the others were just pure globalists, um, uh, Bush and Clinton, that uh, were more than willing to sell out the interests of the American people if it satisfied their big money donors on Wall Street. It's done in uh, incalculable damage to the American economy, what they've done. And if we can't 
deal with it now during a healthy economy? When can we deal with it? Are the American people unwilling to suffer any hardships whatsoever to unwind this disastrous relationship that we have developed with communist China? Back to this clip. Just a few weeks ago, he's condemning President Trump for doing it. You know, it's really terrible that that this is becoming a partisan issue. China is the enemy of our time. This is the moment we have to get behind President Trump on this. Professor, why didn't previous administrations do what they knew had to be done? We, We always had this notion that if we traded with China, brought them into commerce and so forth, that they would gradually become a liberal democracy, that communism would evaporate. Well, that failed. It simply failed. And now what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about, well, we need to go back to negotiating with China. President Bush negotiated with China. President Obama negotiated with China. And President Trump, now here he's at fault. Twice he's let President Xi lure him into negotiations instead of adopting punitive measures. You know, we had the Mar-a-Lago initiative, which used up a year of his administration. And then when it was about to get tough, President Xi persuaded him again to negotiate it. And this last May, we had a deal. Xi was supposed to sign it. And what did he do? What Chinese leaders have always done with Americans, basically jolly us along and in the end either sign an agreement that they won't honor or simply walk away. The bottom line is President Xi doesn't keep his word, simply doesn't, and he can't be trusted. The only answer here is to disengage because he sits on top of a communist party that's that way. These are not trustworthy people. They're enemies of America. They're the enemies of America, and they're communists. If you think that a communist regime is going to respect intellectual property rights, you just don't understand the communist mindset. They don't have a concept of private property. They've got a concept of power and holding on to power. And what they're doing right now is undermining American power. And they're doing it with the money that we're feeding them with this disastrous trade relationship. It's really amazing. So the president's over in uh, in France. Um, it's not uh, the Riviera. It's one of those, uh, those places on the... Uh, on the coast of France and all of the spineless uh, European, Western European uh, heads of state are over there nipping at the president's heels. And, um, and you've got this international press that is in absolute frenzy to try to, uh, to you know, attack the president. And he was, uh, he was having dinner, uh, and one of them asked him if he'd had any second thoughts about the... Um, the uh, escalating the trade fight with China. And the president said, yeah, sure, I have second thoughts about everything. Oh, my God. New York Times and Washington Post, the front page, top of the uh, paper headline, President Trump admits he's wrong on the trade uh, war with China. It's not what he was saying at all. What he was saying, actually, was uh, what uh, uh, Professor Morrissey touched on right then. He's having second thoughts about uh, having gone this far into his administration and taken the Chinese president at his word. That was a huge mistake. And uh, later in the day, the president uh, uh, clarified his remarks. He says he's uh, expressing regrets about, uh, about not escalating the trade war sooner. Uh, 
There was an interesting uh, little bit on one of the other uh, news shows. Uh, George Stephanopoulos had Joe Walsh on, the former Illinois Republican congressman that lost his seat when he was a never-Trumper. He uh, he came out and he had this to say. Are people right, th- those who are nervous about this? Well, has been out there for months, not making much, uh, much of an impact. How can you run a real campaign? Where's the money going to come from? Where are you going to focus? We're going to focus on Iowa and New Hampshire. We're going to be on TV as what much as we can. Again, be brave is our campaign slogan. I believe there are people out there dying to come out, stick their necks out, and say publicly what they believe. Joe Walsh is just running for publicity, plain and simple. He doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. The Trump campaign responded with whatever. He's not going to win. He's not going to make a ripple, but he will get on TV because the media is desperate to cover it. Stick with us. We'll be right back after two messages right here on Right Now. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So let me ask you a question. If you believed that man-made global warming was causing the ice caps to melt and that the oceans were rising due to climate change, would you turn around and plunk down $15 million for an oceanfront mansion just a few feet above sea level? (laughs) I don't think I would. I don't care how much money I had. I wouldn't put $15 million. uh, I wouldn't just throw that away if I actually believed that a property was going to be underwater in a few years. Well, that's exactly what Barack Obama's done. He's, uh, He's bought a oceanfront mansion in uh, Martha's Vineyard, where the beautiful and rich people go to play. This was the same Barack Obama that said not uh, not that long ago, no nation can escape the impact of climate change. Rising sea levels threaten, threaten every coastline. So, you know, and, and he's not the only one that's done this. Al Gore bought a, a, a huge oceanfront mansion. 
They don't believe this stuff. There's no way. You would never do such a thing. But see, they've got two sets of standards. They've got a standard for themselves. They want to be able to take private jets, drive around in uh, caravans of SUVs, have huge 100,000-foot, well, that may be a bit of exaggeration, but uh, you know, tens of thousands square foot mansions, multiples, and they want you to have a <laughs> a tiny little car, and they want you to have uh, you know re- rely on solar and wind to power your uh, your house. And Bernie Sanders, and, and by the way, you know the Joe Biden, who is supposed to be oh, the moderate, oh he he's uh, right in the mainstream. He can beat Trump. He said that in his administration, in his first term. He's going to do away with fossil fuels. Now, you can't tell with Joe Biden whether or not, whether it was a gaffe or he actually meant it, but he said it. And somebody that would say such a ridiculous thing, you can never trust with the presidency. Bernie Sanders has come out with his own Green New Deal. And apparently, he didn't think that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal was ambitious enough. I think she wanted to spend about $12 trillion over the next 10 years. Bernie's dialed it up. He's up to about $16 trillion. And one of the first things he wants to do is take over the entire American energy sector. (laughs) I mean, you wonder sometimes if these people have any uh concept of what they're talking about in this country you've got a huge um petroleum companies that explore and um and uh produce oil and employ hundreds of thousands of people you've got local power companies throughout this country Taking over the American energy sector is not in the capacity of the U.S. government. Hell, the U.S. government couldn't even keep Jeffrey Epstein alive. Bernie Sanders wants to put him in charge of America's energy sector. And if they did that, you'd have the same results that you did in you know other Marxist economies like Venezuela. Venezuela has... Uh, larger oil reserves than any other nation except for the United States. And they can't even keep the power grid supplied in Venezuela. But Bernie wants to take over your energy sector. You you propose essentially a federal takeover of the whole thing. That essentially a Tennessee Valley Authority extension for the whole country. Right? Am I getting my understanding that yeah, correctly? Yeah, that's, you're in the ballpark. That's right. Look, the TVA has done a lot of good work. Uh, it produces electricity from hydropower uh, and other sources. What we need to do is have an aggressive federal government saying that we are going to produce a massive amount. Wait a second. Environmentalists would never sit still for hydropower. Hydropower requires building dams. Environmentalists out west actually had them tearing down dams that, that produced hydropower. The only way that you could possibly 
uh, power the grid without coal and natural gas is through nuclear power. And, of course, they're adamantly opposed to that. There is no acceptable form of power to them other than the so-called sustainables of solar and wind. And solar and wind just cannot power a modern economy and a modern standard of living. I always thought it was kind of interesting that the environmentalists shut down logging in the Pacific Northwest, destroyed all of those jobs and all of those communities to protect the endangered spotted owl. But you've got these uh, wind farms throughout this country now that have been subsidized, heavily subsidized. They don't, uh, they don't actually uh, stand on their own economically. But they're literally killing millions of birds, many of them uh, on the endangered list themselves. But the environmentalists don't say a word about that. Makes you wonder what it really is their agenda. Do they care about wildlife or do they just care about destroying this economy? Back to this clip from Bernie. What we need to do is have an aggressive federal government saying that we are going to produce a massive amount of from solar and from wind and from other sustainable energies, and we will sell it out. And by the way, we're going to make money doing that. Mm. But you can't nibble around the edges anymore. We need to transform right. our energy system. That means a massive increase in sustainable energy. We can't stand to nibble around the edges anymore. we got to put Bernie in charge. Old Bernie Sanders had actually got kicked out of a, a commune because he was too lazy and wasn't carrying his own weight who didn't hold a paying job until he was 40 years old. We're going to put this guy in charge of the economy? Bernie says, this this is no longer open for discussion. We've got to do this. And anybody that uh, uh, disagrees or, or questions the wisdom of all this just needs to get the heck out of the way. It is no secret that we must transition away from fossil fuel, period, end of discussion. There ain't no middle ground here. There is no middle ground. There ain't no middle ground. You better get on board and get out of the way. This is akin to this this uh, line, you know, that the, the debate is over on climate change. And now we just have to uh, get about the business of doing away with this modern economy and uh, re-engineer it so that um, you just got wind and solar. If it's cold and the sun's not shining, well, better hope that battery lasts. If the wind's not blowing, can't watch TV tonight. I think one of the uh, the pe- people, I- I'm not sure if this is the clip. Um, guy at, at one of his uh, his uh, campaign rallies. Oh no, this is at the DNC. So he he set up this rally out there in Sacramento, California, to coincide with the annual meeting of the Democrat National Committee, <laughs> who oddly enough canceled uh, the debate that they had planned on climate change because they know that their candidates are going to s- sound so bat poop crazy that it would turn off American voters. They canceled that climate change debate. 
but um, one of the things they've done is, is they uh, they sent protesters in to attack Bernie Sanders at his rally because they want to get him out of the way so old Joe Biden can be their candidate. This is when the uh, the protesters are actually trying to take over. Don't put your hand on me. Don't put your hand on me. The protesters were actually trying to take over at the Bernie rally. I think they did a, a pretty good job of it, too. But they uh, they shut down that climate change uh, debate. We can't have the American people actually seeing what's going on. And, of course, all of the attendees out there in Sacramento, California, got there by taking airplanes. None of them took a rickshaw to the climate change uh, debate that uh, that they canceled. You and I, we have to learn our places. Air travel, private private jets and stuff, that's for people like Bernie Sanders. One of, uh, one of the attendees at his rally asked him what he plans to do concretely in his personal life about climate change. And he said, well, I'm not walking to California, I'll tell you that. No, he's not walking to California. And he's not going to pay a larger share in uh, in taxes now that he's become a millionaire either. You remember that uh, that appearance on Fox, he said, "Why don't you pay more? Why don't you pay more taxes?" Well, because um Martha McCallum wasn't out there advocating that people the rich pay their fair share. Ah, oh, we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. Oh, no. Oh, man, the media's hypocrisy knows no bounds. And last week it was on full display. It was hypocrisy on parade over there at CNN when they had panel after panel on just absolutely melting down over the fact that Fox News had hired Sarah Sanders to be uh, to be a spa- uh, a paid analyst on their air. And they were, you know, they were just indignant. How could you hire Sarah Sanders after the way she treated the press, 
<laughs> and I got I got to admit, she was pretty hard on the press. I I thoroughly enjoyed it myself. Uh, f- finally, uh, you know, somebody giving it back to these uh, White House grandstanders. But uh, it was it was on CNN and MSNBC. You had panel after panel just uh, excoriating Fox News for for hiring Sarah Sanders. Well, just a couple of days later, that very same CNN turned around and hired Andrew McCabe to be a paid contributor for them. Yeah, Andrew McCabe, the guy that was fired from the FBI for leaking and lying. The guy that uh, that was running the so-called insurance policy, trying to prevent or trying to interfere in a presidential election and then unseat an American president. Yeah, that Andrew McCabe might be a good thing. You know, they'll they'll know where to find him quickly uh, if and when this uh, IG report ever is released and get him to comment on the documented lies that he uh, he told before congressional committees and all the leaking he did of classified information. I'm glad Sarah Sanders is on Fox. I, I was uh, missing her already. You know, she uh, they they actually did away with the White House press briefing after it it got just monotonous, uh, hearing Jim Acosta and Brian Kareem and April Ryan constantly, you know, trying to uh, get themselves on on the uh, news programs by being more outrageous than the other. I miss those days when Sarah Sanders would uh, would take them on. You remember Brian Kareem, he's the guy that uh, recently got suspended for 30 days uh, from the White House press corps because he he had challenged Seb Gorka to fight at a White House Rose Garden event. But uh, here's a clip of Sarah Sanders. Um, I guess this has been about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Brian Kareem is badgering her about one thing or another. You're inflaming everybody right here, right now with those words. This administration has done that as well. Why in the name of heavens, any one of us, right, are replaceable. And any one of us, if we don't get it right, the audience has the opportunity to turn the channel or not read us. I think you have been elected to serve for four years at least. There's no option other than that. We're here to ask you questions. We're here to provide the answers. And what you just did is inflammatory to people all over the country who look at it and say, see, once again, the president is right and everybody else out here is fake media. And everybody in this room is only trying to do their job. Yeah, right. Everybody in that room is just trying to do their job. Everybody in that room is just trying to uh, to insult the president and, uh, by extension, Sarah Sanders. All over the country who look at it and say, see, once again, the president is right and everybody else out here is fake media. Right. And everybody in this room is only trying to do their job. Well, I, I just I, I disagree completely. First of all, I think if anything has been inflamed, uh, it's the dishonesty that often takes place by the news media. And I think it is outrageous for you to uh, accuse me of inflaming a story when I was simply trying to respond to his question. Kevin. <laughs> oh, my God. It went on and on. Here's uh, here's another uh, uh, greatest hits. Sarah Sanders taking on uh, Jim Acosta. 
I would just say, Sarah, that, that journalists make honest mistakes, and that doesn't make them fake news. But uh, the question that well, when I when journalists have, make honest mistakes, they should own up to them. Well, here's the thing about the journalists' honest mistakes. Have you noticed that these honest mistakes that uh, came hot and heavy and repeatedly at CNN always cut in one direction, and that was to try to make the president look bad? Each and every time the media have made one of these so-called honest mistakes, it's always in their zeal to try to attack this president. And then when the president pushes back or Sarah Sanders as his spokesperson pushes back, they act like they're deeply hurt. And I would just say, Sarah, that, that journalists make honest mistakes and that doesn't make them fake news. But uh, the question that well, when I when journalists have, make honest mistakes, they should own up to them. Uh, sometimes. And a lot of times you don't. But there's a difference. There's a very big. I'm sorry. I'm not finished. There's a very big. This is Brian uh, Kareem trying to interrupt. So this is uh, this is actually the A and B side of this greatest hits. You got uh, Andrew or um, uh, uh, Jim Acosta. Sarah's trying to put him in his place, while at the same time, the the little feist dog Brian Kareem is over the other side of the room nipping at her heels. I'm sorry, I'm not finished. There's a very big difference between making honest mistakes and purposefully misleading the American people, something that happens regularly. You can't say, I'm not done. You cannot say, you cannot say that it's an honest mistake when you're purposely putting out information that you know to be false or when you're taking information that hasn't been validated, that hasn't been uh, offered any credibility and that has been continually denied by a number of people, including people with direct knowledge of an instance. This is something uh, that... I'm speaking about the number of reports that have taken place over the last couple of weeks. I'm simply stating that there should be a certain level of responsibility in that process. Brian, I called on Jim. This is not uh, the the line of questioning that I was going down, but can you cite a specific story that you say is intentionally false, that was intentionally put out there to mislead the American people? Sure. The ABC report by Brian Ross, I think that was pretty misleading to the American people. And I think that it's very telling that that individual had to be suspended because of that reporting. I think that shows that the network took it seriously and recognized that it was a problem. Sarah, Jim? If I may, though, I was going to ask a question about something well, else. Well, you used it on something well, else, Sarah, Jim. <laughs> it was shortly after that uh, uh, little clip right there that CNN actually had to fire three of their reporters because they were uh, they reported false information on uh, on Scaramucci, who, oddly enough, has now uh, joined the anti-Trump team and as as a regular feature on CNN, people have learned that uh, one of the easiest ways you can turn your career around if you're a washed-up, or in the case of Scaramucci, a never-was, you know, Republican, that you can can turn on the president and uh, get a paying gig over there on Morning Joe or on Brian Steltler's program. So I promised earlier that we would uh, go through the latest Biden gaffes, and it uh, it truly has been uh, one after another. I don't even know if I'm up to it. There, uh, let me let me come at it like this. Well, first of all, I think Joe Biden is about the last white male left in the Democrat field that doesn't have some intersectionality to claim. You have Jay Inslee has dropped out. Uh, Seth Moulton has dropped out. I think uh, Delaney has dropped out. Hickenlooper has dropped out. They're just, 
they're just uh, not much value for uh, white men uh, over there in the Democrat Party anymore, unless they can claim some sort of um, connection to uh, the chosen one, Barack Obama. And here is Joe Biden's most recent commercial uh, that he is uh, trying to join himself at the hip with the chosen one. Joe Biden, you were the first decision I made, and it was the best. It was a relationship forged in fire. Barack Obama and Joe Biden inherited a world in crisis. And together they passed the biggest economic recovery package in the history of the nation, rescued the automobile industry, made a record investment in clean energy, and passed the historic Affordable Care Act. Now we're facing a different crisis. Replace us! No one is more ready to lead America than Joe Biden. Strong, steady, stable. He's strong. He's steady. He's stable. He doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't know what year it is. He doesn't remember any history. And he thought he was vice president when the Parkland kids came up to his office. Totally imagining stuff at this point. He recently... uh, lost track of where he was. He was actually in New Hampshire giving a, a, a campaign stop in Keene, New Hampshire, when he told everybody there how happy he was to be in Vermont. Of Keene. I'm back. I've been here a number of times. Last time was, I think, uh, all the way back in 2014, but I've been here before that. I love this place. I love, Look, what's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. What a, I mean, this is sort of a scenic, beautiful town. The mayor's been a good guy, and they've got, everybody's been really friendly. I like Keen a lot. <laughs> oh my God! They got to put this. They got to wrap this guy in bubble wrap and put him in the closet. He thinks he's in Vermont. Oh, and this whole idea that he's going to try to join himself at the hip with uh, Barack Obama. I suppose if he gets. The nominee, uh, the nomination, that Barack Obama will have to come out at some point and endorse him. But he doesn't seem very enthusiastic about his vice president of eight years. He's not helping him through the primaries at all. Barack Obama doesn't have anything to say about this this uh, this guy that he said was the best vice president in history. And the idea that uh, Joe Biden is the front runner for the Democrat nomination when the, the the Democrat faithful can see exactly what'll happen if uh, Joe Biden gets on a debate stage with Donald Trump. It's got uh, it's got some of them just uh, crying in their cornflakes. The, the need now just for basic stability, just stability. We just would like to be able to wake up in the morning, reach over, pick up our phone. Look at it and not freak out every morning. It's like just that, just just show just show an ad with somebody looking at their phone and then just going about their morning or smiling and smiling <laughs> and not taking a fork and trying to shove it in the back of their head through their eyeball. Well, that's not uh, that that does that's not an unpleasant image for me. Thinking of Van Jones, but Christian uh, Power was over there on uh, CNN. Um, 
commenting on all of these polls that uh, supposedly say that uh, Donald Trump would lose the election to Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, um, Kamala Harris, or even Bernie Sanders. I think the Trump era is so unique, and that's why it's it's so hard to figure out how to run against him. Even if you look at this these numbers in a traditional um, era, if you were below fifty percent, you would be in trouble as an incumbent. You'd be in serious trouble. Um, and if you were any candidate, frankly, going into an election and you were below fifty percent, but you know he when he won. He had the, the day that Gallup, you know, the on election day, the Gallup uh, disapproval rating for him was 61 percent. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's it, so it's it's hard to know exactly, um, you know, how this is going to play out. Does this mean uh, that, that he's in trouble or does it not? We don't really know. <laughs> I could tell you the polls are lying. The polls are purposely there to uh, to try to dispirit the uh, Trump's base and try to um, to encourage the Democrats. It's the same thing they did in the run-up to 2016, where almost every media outlet, actually I think every, every media outlet, predict that Trump, predicted that Trump was going to lose the election. Now, a lot of people that I know, myself included, believed that Donald Trump was going to win that election because he was uh, touching on the themes that America had been starving for so long to hear but they're they're going to try that same old playbook claim that there's no way donald trump wins re-election kamala harris beating donald trump come on bernie sanders people are going to americans are going to elect a marxist to be president of the united states the truth of the matter is, Joe Biden probably is the best chance they've got, but Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. He's too unstable. He's too, uh, well, let's be honest. He's got, uh, he's got early onset dementia. And, uh, and the, the Democrats are not going to go down that road. They're either going to end up probably with Elizabeth Warren and uh, if they do, I don't think that's going to work out too well for them either. Um, we'll have to see how it all shapes up. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.